hello and welcome to episode 167 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And I don't know what this episode's about. <laughs> it's a surprise. I audibled literally like two hours ago. Yeah, he's like, well, you want to do the show about this thing? I was like, sure. Then I show up and he's like, it's a different thing. I'm like, all right. Yep, something completely else. Today we're talking about what we want out of magic, out of... We got a whole bunch of news coming up. Huey's got his OP stream this week. We got Nuka Pena coming out. And we're going to talk about what we want out of Magic in general. And then maybe what we're hoping to get out of some of this news. Um, Should be interesting. I Surprise. Might ha- I might have a title. Uh-oh, what's the title? I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> or, or or we could be the Spice Boys. Uh, <laughs> the Spice Boys. <laughs> You know, we are both both Root Wallas today, so. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the, the Root Walla boys didn't sing, though, about what they really, no. really wanted. No, uh, they didn't. So, they just got angry. Yeah. So if you had a better name for this show and want to tell us, you can get on, uh, get at us on social media. All of our links are in uh, are the description. They sure are. Um, don't forget to check our Discord. Uh, if you're interested at all in interacting with us, Discord's a pretty good place to do that. And we've also got some stuff that we're going to try out in Discord as well. So make sure you sign up for Discord. I'll get back to that in a second. Um, if you're looking to support the show, you can do so in two different ways. Uh, first is our TCG Player Affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, follow that link to get to TCG Player. Anything you do after that will help support the show. We'll get a percentage of whatever you buy to help keep the show going. Also, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes, even these ones that I change at the last minute. Um, they also get access to our pre-show, which is kind of us just catching up. We don't get to see each other as much as we used to, so it's us catching up. Making sure our equipment's working. We're both old and have a hard time figuring out these newfangled contraptions. So it's a it's a real struggle sometimes to make sure our equipment works. So we do that during the pre-show. And some once in a while we talk about like plans for the show. Uh, that's what this pre-show was, a lot of us planning. So if you're interested in any of that, uh, it's kind of just a little bit more of what we do on the show, but more raw, um, less scripted. I don't know. It's just us. It's just more um, us. If you like, if you us, like yeah. us, it's more us. <laughs> you can check our, check out our pre-show and Patreon. Um, also, probably next month, uh, it'll be time to do another Patreon give back. Um, usually every couple months, I send something out to our patrons just as a thank you to let them know that we appreciate them, even though they should already know we appreciate them. Uh, so if you want to get on the Patreon give back list, um, sign up, shoot me your address, and we'll get that squared away. So for our news, we are going to try and start hosting a tournament. Um, might be like a monthly thing. We'll do one once a month, and we'll see how it goes. Um, but we are going to do kind of a trial run uh, next Saturday. So April 7th, we're going to shoot for. Um I'm going to make a room. April 9th, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, April 9th. 9th is a Saturday. April 9th at 7. Um, I'm going to make a room in our Discord so that we can kind of communicate with everyone that's interested. Um, We would appreciate it if you 
helped us out and signed up and played through the tournament. Probably nothing crazy as far as prizes go. Maybe I'll put together some sort of swag bag for uh, for whoever wins. But um, eventually we would like to do some prizes. Um, maybe we'll run like an entry fee through Patreon or MTG Melee or something along those lines. We still got to work on figuring that out, but we want to try and run a tournament to start with. Um, so if you're interested in helping us out, uh, hop on over to Discord. Like I said, I'll, I'll be making a room for the tournament and stuff, and uh, I'll post up any additional information in there. Um, oh, I guess I should tell you the format, huh? Yeah, that'd be important. The, uh, we're going to do 60-card standard popper, best of three with a sideboard. Yeah, so... Uh... Like we said, this first tournament is for us as the tournament organizer to like learn how the melee interface works, mm-hmm. and for like people who may not, you know, who want to help us out and you know populate the tournament to also kind of like learn how melee works if they've not used it before. Yeah. So it'll be a learning a learning process for all involved, but we're hoping to like get a, like a practice one in, make sure we know what we're doing, so that when we do the next one, it runs smoothly and hopefully we can get a lot of participants in the sec in the next one so that, you know, you know, I'd rather have some growing pains with like eight people who understand that we're learning than just like jump, (laughs) than just jump in and be like, Hey, we want all of you in here. And, you know, of course, try to run a 30 man event. Yeah. And, and be like, Oh, this is a disaster. So, um, it's going to be on arena. Yeah. So it'll be arena, not magic online. Um, and our goal is to kind of keep these pretty accessible. So we're going to do like some oddball formats that don't have like an established meta. Um, we're starting with 60 card standard popper, um, something that doesn't see a ton of play in like the wider community. Um, also something that's easy for people to get into, um, easy to build a deck for. A um, little bit lower power level, a little bit less uh, complicated board states, hopefully. Um, less questions. Yeah. Like I said, the goal is to kind of keep it accessible. Um, not only for you know ease of running a tournament, but also for like our listeners. We want to make sure that anyone who's listening has a, an opportunity to jump in. And if you haven't played like Tournament Magic before, maybe kind of introduce you to some of the Tournament Magic stuff. Yeah, so. and... You know, being standard, you know, even if you don't have a big collection, if you like open some packs, right, you'll hopefully get enough commons and common wild cards that you can put something together. It'd be easier than like historic. Yeah. Where, you know, if you were like, well, I need commons from Ixalan for whatever reason. Right. right? Now you're opening, <laughs> now you're opening Ixalan packs and you're not getting cards that are standard legal. And yeah. You know, that like not helping you out. At yeah, all. it's gonna make your life harder. Where you know you're like, oh, I need Kamigawa and Neon Dynasty commons. Okay, yep. like that is something that is like going to be useful for you a little bit longer term. Yeah, and not saying we won't change the format up either. Like, I mean, maybe we will take a month or two and run like a historic popper, or maybe some peasant events or something. Um, change it up a little bit. But like I said, we want to try and keep it pretty accessible. I don't think we're gonna be doing like you know, any brawl or like anything like that where you need, you know, a deck of singleton rares and mythics and it's going to cost you $2,000 to build a deck. Um, we're going to try and keep it accessible to everybody. So, Hey man, they can just, uh, 
spend $50 on 12 rare wild cards and four mythic rare wild cards. That is super accessible. For yeah, and everyone. just scale that up to, you know, a historic event where you need 100 cards and... Super, yeah. super accessible. It's fine. Super accessible, yep. Um, no problems with the economy at all. None. It's great. Uh, we fixed it. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to this. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we can, like, long term, if we can figure this out, maybe one day we move to, like, recording some commentary or something like that. Where Would be awesome. Yeah. Where, you know, we were just talking that uh, people are so hungry for, like, magic uh, coverage. They're, like, you know, watching old coverage. Mm-hmm. from like a million years ago and then i haven't had a chance to watch it but like you know anzid mtg is like bootleg in air quotes streaming like legacy events in paper he's like yeah. flying across the country <laughs> and and broadcasting events on his own because he's like we mm-hmm. have to do this or like legacy dies yep. so here i go so you know it'll be it'll be something uh different and fun and you know maybe we can Get something started with the podcast, folk. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. All right. So we audibled. And so um, we're going to be talking about things that are coming up. So like you said, what are we hoping to see happen in the next, you know, six months? Or really like with the Huey stream of when this comes out, like six hours uh or what happened six hours ago was it good was it bad well i mean i was just thinking like to start with we could just kind of talk about what we wanted out of magic in general either changes we want to see happen or things that we missed that we want to come back or just like the reasons why we play the game that i think are lacking right now um and i'd sure you're gonna agree with me the first thing is just like some way to play competitively like there hasn't really been competitive magic in quite some time, at least not that's, you know, accessible or fun or the way we used to do it, right? Yeah, like there have been competitive arena tournaments, like, you know, kind of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like they don't kind of scratch that same itch. Yeah. And for the longest time, right, like you were kind of limited to arena formats that were like some of the worst standard formats that yeah. we've had in years, which doesn't make you really want to run out and like play standard uh, and like participate. And like historic has not been the best. Mm-hmm. And like historic's just been weird because like you can't like make a deck because they just like throw 30 more cards at you randomly all the time. And you're just like, oh, this is, this is awful. So yeah, like, the uh, need to, like, get good at a deck and, like, understand the metagame, right? We, there's not been a need for that in uh, months and months and months. Right. Years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> years, really. Uh, so getting getting to interact with that, like, being yeah. excited to... Uh, wake up at six o'clock in the morning to drive to Columbia for an, for uh, an event, right? Like, yeah. yep. Hoping, I mean, like, 
being like, oh, like I could win this and then like, you know, go to an RPTQ and, you know, maybe make Make it it to the the next level. Yeah. Right. And that kind of leads into the next thing that like I'm kind of missing is I'm calling it a way to engage with the game meta socially. Meta socially. Yeah. Um, Like not not just socially, like I I don't want to play, you know, a social game of EDH. Um, I'm talking about like the bigger game. Like we talk about um, metagame being the game outside of like a single game where you show up to a tournament and a metagame is kind of the larger collection of games that are happening, like what you can expect to see in a tournament. Um, So I'm calling this meta socially where it's not really like a single, like the social aspects of a single game, like the social aspects of a tournament, like going to a tournament, hanging out with your friends, telling bad beat stories in between rounds, going out back after the tournament, whatever. So what you're saying here is you miss the smoke breaks. Sure. <laughs> but no, think, Basically. Think, yeah, yeah. Think about like in between rounds, right? Yep. There would be a, the smoker or two of the group, right? Mm-hmm. You just knew that, like, after your round, you would, like, wander outside and find them. Right. And they'd be talking to other people from your group, people from your LGS that came in another group, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, like, the social aspect. And it might just be that, we're like, you know, even outside of Magic, we're, like, all, we've all kind of been missing that. Yeah. And, like, things are getting safer i don't know if i'm full to like safe yet but mm-hmm. like things are getting safer and it's starting to come back and that's like a big part of like what magic lost right there's on one hand people are like oh like it's super cool that like you can like play high level magic in your pajamas at your house and it's like yeah but it's only the, part of the story though yeah but for the vast majority of people right it wasn't they were there to like play magic, but they were there mm-hmm. to have a good time. And right. like when the magic let you down on the good time, you always had like your friends, mm-hmm. right? And the people Absolutely. that you came with. And now when like magic lets you down on the good time, you're just like close arena. <laughs> or like on, was it Sunday? Like I, so on the weekends I will work out. And as I'm working out, I will, uh, play arena on my ipad mm-hmm. and i like got done working on his playing games and i was just getting like like the most horrific hands and like beats you know just one of those times where like you play like eight or nine games and you're just like they were all horrible like you know when you're playing and you're like okay what is the worst possible thing that can happen here and it just mm-hmm. happens yeah right and like i went out to the kitchen like start making breakfast i was like took a deep sigh because something ridiculous happened I was, like I was like, that's a deep sigh. And I was just like, I need to turn this off. This has not been fun for a while. (laughs) Right. And like, you don't have like, there's always, you know, at at a tournament, usually there's a different event. Like if you're at a GP or a Magic Fest or an SCG Con or whatever they're calling them now, right? You could like, you could be like, you know what? Today's not my day with my modern deck. I I clearly picked the wrong deck to play. I can drop and go play other event. Right? Yeah, with draft, a, I can go draft. I can go like whatever. do something else, right? Yep. 
Like, you know, we've, we've lost that and we've lost the, like, you know, things aren't going well, but like someone in your group is, is, is doing well. Mm-hmm. Or right. someone in your group is doing worse than you. <laughs> exactly. You're like, I'm not the worst. Yeah. But but oftentimes it was better when you were like, oh man, like so like how how'd you do? Like you're you're five oh. Did did you get to six? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Like those things were exciting for you. And yep. like arena Getting worked ha- up over tournament math. Yeah. And arena has turned has like made magic much more solitary. Oh, for sure. Right. So it went from Magic the Gathering to Magic the Alonening or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like, Magic the Catening. The wedding? Catening. Catening? Yeah. With your cats. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just the cats. Yeah. But like you like Magic can be a frustrating game and like when you don't have other people that are like going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? That you had that community with it's it becomes more difficult to like kind of work through like the bad beats and stuff yeah and you've just lost that and you've lost like said like the like oh man like i'm gonna go tell so-and-so about like what happened yeah right? and think it's about- also like it helps you be a better player too yeah because a lot of times in between rounds like you said you know you hang out with some friends till the next round starts and you start going over the games that you've just played and you know, maybe you didn't realize the mistake you made. Magic is a very complex game with tons of decisions, and you might not even realize you made a wrong decision. But in yeah. going through, you know, a turn sequence with some of your buddies, you know, you might you might be able to pick out what you did wrong, or maybe a buddy picks out what you did wrong, and like it helps you grow as a player. For or sure. like, I kept this hand. Should I have kept this? Like, you know. Yeah. The the mil- like the the first decision you make every game keep them all and you're like I kept this in the dark was that right oh no mm-hmm. like you're not supposed to keep that hand with that deck or like my opponent was on this game two so I kept this right like having someone to bounce that off of like I find a lot of times on arena right like the game's not going well and I'm just like yep move it on yep right and now sometimes sometimes you're like I'm zero percent to win this game at moving on but other times yeah. sometimes it's just like i think i've said this before like this has ceased being fun mm-hmm. like i might be able to claw my way back into this game if their hand is all lands but i don't want to bother to find out I'm just going <laughs> to move on yeah. so like you but you've lost that like you know the fun road trippy thing uh you know being in your buddy's car and the the iPad just randomly or the iPod just randomly playing, you know, chapter fifteen of like <laughs> Harry Potter in the uh, in the like Secrets of Azkaban or whatever it is, and yeah. uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. There we go. And Chambers of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, and like it, getting through the whole chapter before anyone says anything. <laughs> like oh how long have I been playing oh 35 minutes oh oops <laughs> right like you just you don't get that stuff anymore right yeah. like you know you don't you don't you know get to go to the like weird restaurant and like have the world's weirdest waitress and all these things <laughs> like you you've missed all a that robo or, waitress robo waitress or going to the world's best uh outback where they like yes open and pour your beers for you like at your table, like you just don't, you don't get that kind of stuff anymore. 
Yeah. So like, and, like not just like the big events too, but even like at the local game store level, like I miss having local events fire there. Like this is going way back, even like for there to be a reason to show up to FNM. Yeah. Like once they started messing around with, you know, FNM promos and giving out tokens instead of promos. And then these weird promo packs, like people really kind of stopped caring about FNM. Like give people a reason to show up to FNM. Yeah. Um, and like the, the promo packs were so like counterproductive because they were yeah. like, we want FNM to be this like fun thing. And then at least at our store, it got cutthroat over those promo packs. Oh yeah. Super like to the point where he stopped giving them out. Like yeah. it, all it did was incite, you mm-hmm. know, arguments. Oh, yeah. the tournament should be run differently The whatever. Yeah. And so like, it just wasn't a, like, it just it had the opposite effect. Yeah. But yeah. like, think about how many times like FNM turned into like, you know, three rounds and then a like hour and a half conversation outside the store. Mm-hmm. Right. Where like, it was more, it was probably more about the conversation outside the store. Like FNM was an excuse for people to get together. Oh, for sure. Right. I, so- I can't even tell you the number of nights I spent, you know, hanging out outside the store until, you know, one or one thirty in the morning when the tournament had been over for hours at that point. Yeah. And you know, part part of this is magic and part of it is COVID, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to, you you can't wholly blame changes in magic without like acknowledging COVID. Oh, I'm not blaming anybody. This is just stuff I want to see back. Yeah. But like, you know, hopefully we can get to some of that. But, you know, like yeah. we talked about, like, it's going to be like, like meeting a new group of people because you know, right. some people might not be coming back. Oh, I think most people aren't coming back, at least locally here. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I I, I mentioned in the pre-show, I'm like 45 hours in on a a video game, and that 45 hours snuck up on me. I, like, checked my time play, and I was like, oh, right? (laughs) That's too many. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not even close to done. And But there's definitely, like, um, there were times where, like, I didn't, like play video games because I wanted to like this is even before like I wanted to like sit in goldfish and yeah. like get better with my deck and like watch coverage and read articles and like that's kind of gone mm-hmm. right um so you also want to like live that MTG finance lifestyle well I mean finance gets a lot of bad press right like, it does. All you hear people complaining about is how expensive old magic cards are and reserved list this and speculators that and whatever. Um, but there's not many hobbies that exist that you can like sell out and recoup a reasonable portion of your investment, if not make money on your investment while like, you know, got getting enjoyment out of whatever you purchased. Um, like if you get into fishing and you spend, you know, $200 on a rod and reel and, you know, another hundred dollars in tackle and something to put all that tackle in, like when you're done, all of that stuff is going to end up at a garage sale for nothing. It's not worth anything when you're done. Whereas with magic, you know, you buy into a thousand dollar modern deck, like chances are when you're done with it it's going to be worth somewhere near that $1,000. Like maybe you cash out and get 700 bucks for it. Yeah. And you had a $300 rental. 
Yeah, that that doesn't happen with many other hobbies. Yes. And it, not that like this needs to return. I mean, obviously the finance is still a big portion of magic, but it's a portion of the game that I enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. So, I think that like finance we've talked about this before has gotten harder. Mm-hmm. Just because there's like six versions of every card now. Oh yeah. Right? It's like, oh, you've got the, you know, the regular version, the full art version, the, you know... Neon yellow. Neon yellow version, the, the whatever the, like, frame is for that set. Yeah. Extended right? art, regular art, regular yeah. foil, etched foil. Yeah, there's... So it's gotten a lot harder to, like, know, like, to, like, play that game. On some level, mm-hmm. it's made Magic a little bit more accessible in paper. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, in theory, the person who wants the blingy version wants the blingiest version. Yep. So they buy the blingiest version, and that leaves you, as the person who wants to play the game, with, a, you know, a, a cheaper, cheaper version. version to get. But at the same time, though, like, it makes it harder to, like, recoup your value. Because mm-hmm. you're like... Yeah, because you're like, oh, I'll buy the cheap version. But then, like, the cheap version doesn't go up as much because there's a like, or the card tanks and the cheap version takes a harder hit than the blingy version. Yeah. And so like, it, it just makes it a little bit harder, but just keeping some sort of, um, like, you know, financial aspect or, you know, making it so you can move around in decks a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Right now we don't want to get back to this. This is something that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, some of you newer players, you've probably never experienced this. Um, being at a tournament and hearing someone say, if I don't like top eight, I'm selling my deck. Yeah. Right. Like we have all, anyone who's gone to a GP has seen someone like walk up to a vendor with a deck and just go, I'm done yep. and hand them the entire deck. Like I've seen people just box in sleeves. Yeah. Here's my, here's an entire affinity deck the full 75 how much will you give me for it yeah and it's like why are you getting rid of the deck oh i I went i went like uh three and four today yeah Uh, okay that seems like a very short like (laughs) like view like one data point okay right so we don't want to go back to that we want people to act act semi-rationally so i added something real quick to this and it was just the title was just old cards and what I old mean, cards. old cards, is sadly they're never going to make a comeback. But like looking at modern and legacy deck lists now, mm-hmm. right? It's basically all cards printed in the last like three years. Oh, I see what you right? mean. Yeah. So like Magic is losing a lot of its history. Apparently this year, I remember the 25th anniversary. This mm-hmm. year is going to be the 30th anniversary of Magic. And... Like, we're losing a lot of the history of Magic because of, like, the Horizon sets and the power creep in the newer sets. Yeah, the insane power creep. I don't know. I I know you don't follow EDH stuff a whole lot, but I saw, I think it was a, either was a title of an article or it was, like, a synopsis of an article from Star City that Sheldon Meanery had written. Okay. You know who Sheldon Meanery is? Is anyone of you that, like, 
Like he's he's on, like he's the inventor of the format. That's what I thought. Yeah. He's all, yeah, he's on the like rules committee or whatever. Yeah. And it was about like having to slow the format down because one of the or like the way that Wizards is really, you know, pumping up the power level of every format is by speeding it up. You know, making these hyper efficient, you know, one and two mana cards that it's wrong to do anything but that because if you're not playing these hyper-efficient one- and two-mana cards, they just snowball and take the game over. And, like, that's kind of counter to what EDH is supposed to be. So they're actually looking, at least that's what I gathered from, like I said, it was either a headline or, like, a synopsis Yeah, I think I saw something. something I didn't the whole article. But, yeah, they, they, they're looking at ways to slow the format back down. Yeah, and, like, that is... I mean, that's something we've talked about, right? The easiest way to make a power card more powerful is you just knock one man off of it. Yep. Right? Like, we've all seen the difference between, like, a playable card and an unplayable card is one mana symbol. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, oh, like, I mean, even look at the uh, the alchemy, or I guess the, like, historic rebalances and whatever. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, fire's, is, fire's Invention is too good at four mana. But at five mana basically unplayable so five mana with you five mana cool now it's perfectly safe and it's like oh so like the difference between playable and not playable was just one mana and Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of effects that like they seemingly took a mana off of well you can look at our namesake cards for today you're blazing root walla over there and i'm basking root walla over here Mm -hmm. completely unplayable at one mana yes but zero mana it's zero mana yes just right just perfect um so like we've lost like a large chunk of magic's history because Mm -hmm. you know there's there you can't play dark confidant in modern because right it's too slow that's right Mm -hmm. two mana two ones too slow (laughs) <laughs> and it just gets annihilated by red and seven or red and six, right? Yep. So like, you just can't risk it. You can't just like spend two mana and have your opponent go two mana answer your thing. Yep. Right. Like you just can't do it. Right. And like that card was a staple in the format for like forever, forever. And I understand that like people argue, well, you don't need like the format needs to change. It does. But, like, it needs to, like, maintain its history and identity. Mm -hmm. And, like, you can't just say that, like, modern's identity is ruthlessly efficient. (laughs) Right? Like, no, that's not its identity. Its identity is, you know, like, a place for, like, this large swath of magic's history to, like, exist. And it's, like, you know, you look at, like... De- uh, deck list like blue red deck list and it's like oh like i guess counter spells the oldest card in this deck and Probably. that's new to modern but yeah. like everything else is printed in the last like three years mm-hmm. and it's like is that really what we want do we want it a format that like you know you know is not this representative sample of everything or like legacy, like legacy is dominated by cards from the last couple years. Yeah. Horizon cards. So I know there's not a way to fix it. Uh, 
without just bar- banning all the Modern Horizons cards. But <laughs> you just um, want old cards to matter. Yeah, exactly. Like they and like they can't print cards in such a way to make old cards matter. Right. Right. Unless like they like print a new like amazing Aloran Wincon. Or, you know, they like kind of like pick some cards to like soup to like, oh, this is a weird old card. Let's like make it good. Like that's super hard to do. Yeah. But it's really easy to be like, hey, let's make a sword supply share that costs no mana. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I, they have to pitch a card. Yeah, but it doesn't sure. matter. It's like, okay, yeah, cool. Right. So just like the Knock habit. Knock a mana of, off it. Hmm? Knock a mana off it. Knock a mana off it. Exactly. Yeah, we knocked yep. a mana off of swords. It costs zero <laughs> now. So like just having that like that getting that history back. Because like think about and we talked about like think about like the decks that were good when we started playing modern. Mm-hmm. And like the only one that is left is kind of Jund in name only. Um, some of the current lists since uh, the Luris ban have looked a, a lot more closer Jundy? to Jun than they used to. Fair. But I mean, there's a lot of people that are just playing Rakdos midrange instead of Jund. Yeah, it's like you've got Kroxa and you have Dragon Race Chandler, and like it's there was fun. a there was a post on um, Reddit today about Tarmogoyf and how people couldn't believe that Tarmogoyfs are selling on card market, I guess over in Europe or whatever for like future site Tarmogoyfs, like the ones to have, right. Mm-hmm. Are like 22 bucks. Dear God. Yeah. That card was $200 for years. Years, years and years and years. Yeah, it's the most efficient creature in the history of magic, and it required you to do work. Yeah. And now, like, you know, it's like Dragon Rage Chandler. I guess it requires you to cast spells. So Probably going to do that anyway. Yeah. Like, cool. So. And it pays you off for doing the work. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it, like, enable you it's, it pays you off for doing a thing you were going to do anyway and mm-hmm. also enables itself all in one it'd be like if tarmogoyf like made each player mill a card each turn mm-hmm. right like oh i guess he's making himself bigger awesome like that's dragon race chandler yeah like oh you're making yourself bigger and you're giving me selection oh neat so yeah. again just getting somehow having old cards matter i know that like you know we look back at like i'm sure there's someone right now like waxing poetic about the days of like canadian threshold Mm -hmm. right and like yeah that's not a deck we play anymore but well i mean every once in a while you'll hear somebody piping up about uh like blue green madness and mm -hmm. i mean that hasn't existed in quite some time but like i think just the the speed at which like these formats have changed. Yeah. Right? Like, we, like, just when it was, like, Modern kind of settled, maybe after Modern Horizons 1, mm-hmm. Modern Horizons 2 dumpters, dumpstered it and changed it totally. And, like, yeah. every set we've printed has put, like, you know, four or five cards into Modern. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, you just, I don't know, 
you're just losing the his- your history. Like it almost no, definitely. Fe- it almost feels like a lot of like modern is you know people have jokingly called it like uh, modern horizons block constructed. I mean, they're not far from the truth. So, like, just getting away, like, somehow getting away from that. I mean, well, I've seen people talking about, like, I forget what they're calling it, like, pre-modern or whatever, where it's just cards that are, you know, older than whatever set. Um, but I wonder, like, if there's room for a thing kind of like what they're doing with Arena, where, you know, they announced that we're doing some other non-rotating format than Historic, and then we get midweek magic is like just standard legal sets on a, on arena. Yeah. I wonder if there's something like that for modern where we can just kind of forget about all the ancillary stuff and kind of just play modern. I think that would be like a, a format like old school where like, it's not a wizard sanctioned thing, yeah. but like the community comes together and goes, no, we've had enough. We're going to do this different thing because we enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like uh, Frontier was for a brief moment, where we got to yeah. sell all of our M15 cards that we had no value, <laughs> and then it died, right? But yeah. something where it's, it's almost like the commander problem, right? Where mm-hmm. like someone outside of Wizards needs to like make the format, and then once they make the format. If it takes off, then Wizards, you know, at least acknowledges it. Right. Right. So, I don't know. I just want, like, I just don't want to look at deck lists and be like, oh, all of those, I have shoes older than these cards. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, decks, car, cards and legacy decks, most of them should be older than my students. And yes. this is not the case. Yeah. So... Yeah, I just want old cards to matter again. They were fun. <laughs> they were fun. They were fun. I mean, there's some cool stuff. I mean, you talked about Aluren. Like, something like that will never be printed again. And, I mean, obviously, like, Aluren will have a place in Legacy always, even if it's not great. But even, it, like you said, it's getting run over by, you know, newer cards. Like, the Force of Negation is played in Aluren now. And Acerarek is the new Wincon. And... And I mean, but just like, you know, the like the unique cards in modern have been mm-hmm. pushed out by, again, the ruthlessly efficient modern horizons cards. Yeah. Right. Because like Dragon Rage Chandler at one in the red isn't playable. Right. But at red, it's too good. Mm-hmm. So maybe that means you don't print it. But mm-hmm. they were like, nope, we're printing it at red. And it like has taken over the format and pushed out like we have the so we've talked about this before the super old timey um uh, for competitive diversity right yeah. like we've got to get rid of splinter twin because why would you play any other blue red deck that wasn't twin right right um why would i play any other blue red deck that wasn't dragon rage chandler or murktide reading it yeah, there's no reason. Give me... A, there isn't one. So, yeah. like, you know, there's very few decks that play Mountain and don't play Dragon Rage Chandler. Yeah. Right? Like, Black Red, Rakdos, Midrange, right? Mm-hmm. Dragon Rage Chandler, Monkey. Yep. Right? Um, 
you know, blue, red monkey, dragon, race, Chandler, Merktide Regent. Like mm-hmm. it's just a, you know, it, for competitive diversity, like if you play mountain, you play this card. So why is it everywhere? Like why, why yeah. is like it okay? And Splinter Twin not because like Splinter Twin is not playable in this format. No, no, like not at all. Like they could unban it. People would screw around with it for a few weeks. And Splinter Tins would get insanely expensive. Yes, uh, I have some. Um, <laughs> yeah, unban it so I can turn a profit. Uh, yeah, but pump and dump. But you would like unban it, and it would be like not like Splinter Twin. Okay, okay, you're tapped out. Twin you, cool. I will uh, solitude your nerd. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dang. Okay. Um, for no mana. For no mana. Or like, oh man, I'm gonna have up one mana. I'll force that. Yeah, I'll force. Yeah, I'll force that because force of negation gets it, right? Uh, so does force of vigor. Yeah. So like any number of like we just named three zero mana things, right? That just like clown force of will. And so like, like we are at a point where, for. For competitive diversity, there's just this chunk of cards that like gets like there's no reason not to play. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just want to like I want to be cascading in the living ends and not into cra- <laughs> and cra- not into crashing footfalls. And there was a living end deck in the latest deck dump, I think. A couple there, of there them. is it. It floats around from time to time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've we've just come like so far from where like things were, and maybe it would be less jarring. If mm-hmm. we had been playing modern once a week or once every two weeks, as yeah. this happened, maybe the the changes would feel slower. But it just yeah. feels like every time I like check in on like modern deck lists or I see like tweet about modern decks, I'm just like, oh, unrecognizable. Yeah, none of these <laughs> cards were legal the last time I played modern. This is weird. Yeah. So I got a real quick tangent, like completely not related to our show topic at all. Okay. Have you seen like any of these uh, Fable the Mirror Breaker decks? Uh, some. Like somebody wrote an somebody wrote an article last week about how like this card went from nowhere to everywhere like overnight. It's in like multiple formats, multiple different yes. decks. Yes, yes, I have I have seen it show up in like random places. Like I'm playing some of my like Grixis Reanimator deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little lower on it, and then I was like, oh, this is just like. Someone described it as like it's season pyromancer. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. it is. I haven't not uh, I haven't played with it at all, and I haven't read any of the articles. I was just curious what your take was. I didn't know if you'd seen it. I messed around at all. I've seen it like it's shown up in modern. Is yeah. like weird because yeah, it is a card that like doesn't make sense that it's getting as played as much as it is because it doesn't feel like it's as good as like season pyromancer. Yeah, but it's kind of like taking that spot. Mm-hmm. But again, like another card that seems like, eh, but when you add everything up, it's like, oh, this card's pretty good. Yeah. And then like, it's good enough that it like creeps back to modern. Like you shouldn't have six cards that go into modern every set. Yeah. You shouldn't. Well, I think like just speaking of the fable, the mirror breaker or whatever, I think it's um like, it's hard, kind of hard to evaluate sagas anyway. Mm-hmm because you get like the effect over time. So like the effect has to be better than it reads in order for it to see play. If that makes any sense to you. Yeah. We're like a gosh, 
a uh, seasoned pyromancer, right, gives you the card, like, filtering, mm-hmm. and the body the turn you play it. Right. Right. This gives you that, but over two turns. So it has to be a little bit better than yeah. that on some level to even compete. And then, like, you know, a seasoned pyromancer gives you, you know, I want best case four power mm-hmm. uh, before you, like, flash it back or whatever. And yeah. this does the same thing, but over, yeah. like, three turns. But it is it is funny how the card, no one talked about it, and you just keep seeing it pop up in deck lists. Mm-hmm. It's, like, w- weird. And I, I, I may have ordered a bunch of foils. Ooh. <laughs> It's a hey, it's an interesting card that's hard to reprint, right? It is, it is, and it's seeing play, so Yep. Yeah. I, I when I when I went through and did my initial order, I ordered a bunch of foils for like a quarter. I think they're four bucks now. Oh geez. Yep. Doing it. Doing it. Um so next up we have what do we want from uh Huey's OP stream. Huey's stream. What is? What are we hoping for here? Um, well, it's supposed to be Huey's OP stream. Huey is the uh, director of organized play, or I don't know what the official title is, but that's that's close enough. That's what I'm going to call him. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping there's going to be more of a focus on paper play than we've had over the last two years, which has been none. Mm-hmm. Um. So something as far as changes to FNM, get people back in the local game store is what I'm really hoping for. Um, on top of that, they kind of alluded in like the last stream that we talked about, about some sort of changes to OP on arena as well. And I agree that that needs to be done. The ladder works for some people and fits in with the eSport thing they've been trying to fit in with but it's not very magic and i don't think it's good for the game so some way to make like op on arena feel more like magic more like a tournament structure yeah sure with different tiers um and then like i said something something at the local game store level whether it's you know fnms or game days or you know ptqs or whatever like i'm not I don't have my hopes up that we're going to get the old system back where we had, you know, PPTQs, RPTQs and Pro Tours. Um, They like canned that for a reason. And I don't see just because Huey's there, they're going to bring it back. But some reason to play magic in the way that I want to play magic instead of how they want me to play magic. Yeah. Um, If you look at, uh, like the idea of using arena as a qualifier. I think mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, I think that you could imagine if you will, you know, the, um, it's hard though. Like the qualifier weekends, like, let's say that like every weekend they did like, you know, or every, once a month they did like a qualifier like they mm-hmm. do now. Right. Or, Something that you had to qualify for, like you have to like if you go seven zero in one of their like league things, or you get however many wins and like a constructed with five or whatever. Yeah, right. That gives you an invite to the qualifier the qualifier weekend. Yeah, and then you get to do that. And then yeah, that... I mean that that's great. 
because that's playing magic the way I want to play magic, not having to grind on arena with or grind on the ladder with like a million other schlubs. And like the part of the ladder grind that is like super bad or frustrating is like, you know, if you have the time to grind the ladder at the beginning of the month, that is Mm -hmm. less valuable than if you have the time to grind the ladder at the end of the month. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh, I, I, Popped in the ladder at number 500 on, like, the 5th of the month. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're just in this constant struggle to maintain that ranking. Right. Right. Versus I popped into... Uh, the, I popped in uh, Mythic at 500 on the 28th. Mm-hmm. Right. Now it's like, oh, I got, like... I got to, like, hold it down for two days. I might not move that much. Yeah. Right. So it's very... And like you know, the the wild swings are yeah. also like you know you get paired and you like win a game, and it's like you go up like a rank, but then you lose a game and you go like down three hundred, mm-hmm. and you're just like, uh, so I don't really want to play, but if I don't play, you're gonna decay me out anyway. Yeah. So like it doesn't reward you for playing, so. Yeah, something like that where like we're we're back to playing like tournament magic. Yeah, and- like it's also you know gives some incentive. Like it's not really I don't want to jump on like the mental health bandwagon or whatever, but like it's not good for your brain to like be in constant competition, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like having to worry about your rank all the time. And it's not something that most players have time to do. Like, I mean, I'm a competent magic player at the least, and I don't have time ever to grind the ladder to a point where I'm going to, you know, make a qualifier weekend. It, there, There's just not enough hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. And- Whereas anybody can hop into a seven-round tournament or a five-round tournament and run hot and, you know, get into a qualifier. Like maybe there's some less experienced players that, you know, want some of the experience of, you know, making a high level tournament, playing with some higher level players. And, you know, they got lucky one Thursday night or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's not too dissimilar from like the magic online qualifying system where you like win a smaller event, like it's a specific event, but you win a specific smaller event and then you turn that into a, um, the net qualifies you for whatever the, you know, like you win a prelim, then you get into the uh, the Magic Gathering online qualifier, mm-hmm. right? So like they could even make a queue that is like the qualifiers, yeah, right for the like arena make it its weekend. own event, yeah, make it its own event. So like you might run into a higher quality of competition because mm-hmm. you have people that are playing that. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of complaints about the ladder. People complaining that like the decks are bad mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm like, I'm I just play against like I don't know half like meta black white control decks. Like, the- well, I mean, the other problem with the ladder is something that we had talked about like way early in Arena, where there's some sort of matchmaking there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a true ladder where it's you know, it's random. You play against some, somebody else out there that's at your level, but there's some sort of matchmaking algorithm where, you know, if you're playing a mono red deck and 
you run into five mono red decks and then like you change your deck and then there's no more mono red decks. Yeah. And like part of that is like there's like a matchmaking based on like cards you're playing. Yeah. Because they're trying to like, you know, they're trying to protect the people that are like free to play Mm -hmm. on some level. Like, oh, you just started and you made it to like gold, right? Well, we want you to keep playing matches that are like competitive. Yeah. We don't want you to just play like Goldspan Dragon like 12 matches in a row mm-hmm. and like never, never be close to being close. Get Holebreaker Horde to oblivion. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to log on. It's not fun. Yeah. And, like, so they're trying to avoid that, which does lead to, you know, my tinfoil hat of, like, I've played nothing, but, like, I played 70% mono red, so I'm going to put, like, Cerulean Drake in my deck. I'm going to play, like, blue-white pro-red. And then I'm going to play 10% mono red for the next, like, four hours. And it's like, uh, how does this make any sense? Like, why is my metagame wildly different? Yeah. Right. And, like, it's just, I mean, there's that, and there's just, like, no, I don't know. Again, that's, like, disconnected from anything. Like, like what are you, like, supposed to do? Like, oh, hey, I went, like, 7-0 on the ladder. Okay, no one cares. Right? Yeah. Like, But, so, like, that's a big part of Magic, though. I know, like, it, it the, is. The, the metagame is a, like, playing the metagame is a big part of tournament Magic. It is. And... If they can change your metagame based on what cards you're playing, then like there's no point in playing the metagame. Yeah, there is no metagame. Because yeah. your metagame is yours with that deck on that day. Or yeah. in that session. And then if you change your deck, you're just like totally changed. Because mm-hmm. there's so many like they just pair you with a different batch of people. Right. Um but what I meant is like, you know, I went 5-0 on the ladder versus I went 5-0 in this event, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that would be much more, like, a a bigger point of pride. Mm -hmm. And imagine if they had, like, legit tournaments on Arena Mm -hmm. that they could actually print, uh, print, uh, publish the 5-0 decks from these events. Yeah. Right, as opposed to what we get now, like platinum or better player goes seven zero with like a pile of random garbage mm-hmm. that like then saffron olive plays and like can't get any wins, <laughs> and it's like I don't know how this how does this deck have eighteen lands and like four or five drops? This makes no sense. This is not good deck construction. And yeah. you're like wizards, how did this happen? Well, you see, what happened was that person ran how does the sun and it tripped our algorithm and then you got the deck list. Yeah, I guess. Like there were there were six strokes and one disconnect involved. It was it was <laughs> it was a killing field. Uh right. So yeah, that would be that would be good. Having I think the biggest thing that can come out of the like the QEOP stream is rebuilding the connection. Mm-hmm. From F and M to something bigger, right? Right, because when they got uh, like I said, a reason to play in the store. Yeah, but when they got rid of uh, 
you know, oh gosh, what was it? Like buys for like yeah, uh, GPs. Yeah, GPs with like your planeswalker points or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, that you know, uh, the, the, I tried to engage in the discourse and got dunked on by Jace from Dominaria, <laughs> but like that takes away someone who is starting out that it's like they see a GP or they see a pro tour and it's like, Hey, if you play a lot of magic here and get better, right? You can earn yourself an advantage when you go to this bigger tournament. So that Mm -hmm. if you do well there, you could get to the show, right? Mm -hmm. And it feels like, they killed the show. Yeah. Right? And they made it so there's no connection between you playing at your store and the show. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, restoring that dream for players, for me, mm-hmm. for you, for everyone who is, like, you know, an FNM player or, you know, was, like, a... Like, we didn't even... We were casual tryhard PTQ grinders, right? <laughs> we would yeah. go to the ones that were like reasonably close. There were a lot. There were a lot of people, right? Like this was like a, a a group of people that you don't hear about anymore, right? They're the forgotten people that were like, just like would plan their entire like month or yeah. year around like okay, trying to hit up stores that like were kind of out of the way and they thought we we're going to have a weak turnout mm-hmm. or like, yeah, that we're like, okay, <laughs> like there's a tournament four hours from me. If we yeah. leave at three o'clock in the morning, we can stop and get breakfast and be there by player meeting at nine. Yeah. Right. And like, would just drive all over the region mm-hmm. to like play. Like those people have no reason to engage with the game right now at least not in that way, right? And, like, you know, the qualifier, like, weekends or whatever, right? The Like, the ones that you win, like, $1,000 or $2,000, those are, like, giant tournaments. They're, like, the biggest GP ever. Oh, yeah, they're huge. Right? So you have that, and then, like, you know, the, like, the tournaments that, like, you had to qualify for, those are also pretty big. Mm-hmm. So, right, it's just a, a a much different thing. There's no, there needs to be a show, right? There needs mm-hmm. to be like the big leagues, whatever. Like, and that needs to be appealing ish, right? It might not ever be as generous as it once was, but it needs to be appealing, right? So that people have something to like aspire to and dream that like one day I'll be on coverage at a pro tour. Yep. Right. Or one day I'll just make a pro tour. Like that would be super cool. And if I play at FNM, that can be a super small step towards that like super cool goal. Yeah, I mean that's kind of why we started the show in the first place. Yeah, was just the- to get people hyped for that goal. Yeah, and to like help them make those like first steps of getting into their store or like going to their first like PTQ at another at another place. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's all kind of gone now. Yep. So is there uh, anything else out of Huey that you're looking to see, or is that pretty much wrap it up? I think that wraps it up. Like, 
the thing I worry about is, uh, I I think a university is not too dissimilar from like a corporation on some level. Okay. And Huey can have really big dreams and like have good ideas, but if his big dreams <laughs> and good ideas ran into like the reality of we're going to give you $50,000, figure yeah. it out. Right? Like so he is always going to be limited by the people above him and the resources that are allocated. So mm -hmm. I hope that what he comes out with is something that we all feel like comes from him. Yeah. Right. And not something that we feel like comes from Chad. Yeah. Where right? you can look at it and say, oh, yeah, Huey did this instead of, oh, I see what he was trying to do here. And this is what we ended up with. Yeah. This is what he got handcuffed. Right. Yeah. So I think that even if it's not the previous system, which it's not going to be, it right. needs to be something that you feel like, oh, this is like player centric mm -hmm. and something that we didn't touch on and we might have touched on during our, our economy stream is right if a bunch of this stuff moves to arena right the like barrier to entry on arena for cards yeah right like you have to like have um you have to have like have this big investment to like test and stuff on arena mm -hmm. and so that's just gonna make that's just gonna be a, a barrier for people yeah or, like, you test it in paper. Now, like, you've got to spend all this money on Arita. Right. Which To get your know, wild cards. Bro. I love it. I love it, bro. <laughs> spend more money, bro. Do it. Yeah. Right. You don't have to open the packs. Yeah. Bro, just give me 50 bucks. Save yourself clicking the button 10 times. Yeah. Uh, you, you gave me a button that says open 10. Bro, take that button away. Make him spend the 50 bucks. <laughs> right. So... I just hope that it's something that we look at and go like, okay, this is a player who's done something that is player focused. And, you know, we feel like, I think a lot of players just want to feel like they're being seen. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like the, the uh, economy stream and like a lot of decisions Richards has made in the last two years makes is making players not feel seen. Yeah, for sure. So, Hopefully people go like, oh, sweet. Like, this is something I can be excited about, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's all. Just be exciting and, like, have it come from Huey and not come from, you know, corporate. Chad. Yes. All right. So I got one more quick topic here. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it because I know there's no way for us to get this correct. But uh, we also have New Capenna coming out soon. Reviews should start within a week or two, I would think. Yeah. Um, is there anything in particular you would like to see out of New Capenna? No, I don't mean like, you know, mechanics or singular cards or whatever, but like a theme or something that you want to see represented or something you want to see done better. Um, I kind of feel like, I think I already talked about like, I think I want there to be like morph. I want there to be like a good limited smoothing smoothing mechanic, mm -hmm. right? Since it's just uh, you know a three colored set's kind of hard to do that with. Yeah, uh, and then uh, where where does the uh, I was gonna look at previews. Uh, oh, 
Well, if pre-release is April 22nd. So it's going to be done on the 15th. Yeah. And so this, it would have to story, start like April 1st. The story stuff started today. Yeah. So there's a week of story. And then, oh, no, previews believe on the 7th. Okay. So like previews are going to be in a week, done in an entire week. Yeah. But, um, like, I want. I want it to be like impactful and standard, but mm-hmm. not like, you know, not become the only thing to do, but that's hard in a three color set, right? Cause yeah. three color cards have to be powerful. Have to be powerful. Right. And our mana is pretty good. Yeah. So like, you're gonna, well, you're gonna it's about to be them. better too. Cause we're going to have uh triomes. Yeah, so you're going to be able to cast your stuff. Yeah. Like we have like, all the colors of dual land of like two sets of dual lands. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, so I don't know. I just want it to be like, I want it to be interesting, right? Interesting, oh. but not like so powerful that it is like game breaking. <laughs> Puts 10 cards into modern legacy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've kind of like knocked the art out of the park. Like I just scrolled down and like saw the lands again, and it's like these are, these cool. are pretty A plus. Yeah, these these are good. I just want mid range to be good again, and not like giant over the top like, Sultai ramp mid range. I, I just want like, real mid range back. Um, I think the problem with that right now, and it's not going to change. I don't think. Is, Cold breaker. Well. I guess there's two things. There's Hallbreaker, right? <laughs> so, like, games can't go remotely close to long because mm-hmm. if they're playing Islands, you've got Hallbreaker, like, just hanging over your head. Yeah. But, like, having played against, like, infinite black-white control decks, mm-hmm. like, that deck does not have a, like, reasonable hole. And, like, you can't play, like, Siege Rhinos against, like, Six Wraths. Yeah. And so, like, you know, right now they're playing, like, Farewell and Doomscar. But, like, if Planeswalkers get too good, they're just like, okay, I guess we'll just play Blood on the Snow. Yeah. Instead of Farewell or some mix. And, like, all of our cards are randomly, like, two-for-ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, like, so they, they have this, like, there's this, like, foot on, like, mid-range. Yeah. Right? I'm sick of it. Yeah. And, like, they don't know how to fix it. Like, we've talked about this before, right? Like, they keep printing cards at, like, seven mana thinking that's, like, safe. But then they give us not. ways to get to seven mana really easy. Yeah. Right? Like, their, com- their powerful commander cards need to be, at, like, eight and nine mana. And, right, like, I know that, like, we need to have, you know, wraths around, but, like, just right now, how many, like, playable wraths do we have in black and white? Oh, way too many. There are four. Yeah. Right? They're Shadow's Verdict. Yep. Um, Blood, Blood on the Snow. snow Doom Scar, and Farewell. Mm-hmm. And I might be missing one. Yeah, right? I think you are. Right, like, 
how are you supposed to play like creatures into like that? Yeah. And then, you know, well, I'll play an eye twitch and it'll block and draw me a card. And I'm going to play or I'll play eye twitch and then I will deadly dispute it after it blocks and I will draw three cards. Yep. Right. Now, granted, that's a two for three. But like you're still up. Well, it's a two for three that ramps you. Well, not not with eye twitch. Uh, what's his name? Oh, no, you're right. It does because of that. No, deadly dispute, dispute yeah, yeah. makes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So like I've definitely played games where like I've been turned three lulled. Mm-hmm. And they, they're just like, uh, I'll play, you know, Shambling Ghast into Deadly Dispute into Lolf. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, here's a good one. Here's something I would like, and this is a bigger overarching thing, but New Capenna can start the trend. Can we take ramp out of colors that's not, that aren't supposed to have it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I don't know. We're, the crime family's got to have treasure, right? Oh, of course. But so I guess we're going to have like, grixis ramp maybe right because like blue makes treasures reds make treasures and black makes treasures now mm-hmm. right but like i guess i'm kind of i am sick of the like every color has ramp which again yeah. makes it like turn for blood on the snow is like a totally a thing that can happen and you know quick doom scars and stuff so you just have like, I would like some of the old magic color identity stuff as well. Like, to return. Yeah. You know, can we, like, not print three mana, four, four hasty flyers? <laughs> can we Can we not? That, that ramp you in red? Yeah. Right. So, like, getting getting ramp out of colors that shouldn't have it would be, would be pretty all right. But I will Makes also take me. Some, some more super sick art from this set. Yeah. No, it, look, it looks really cool so far. Yeah. It's wild. Like, I want the limited environment to be good, but I've done, like, 25 Keldheim, not Keldheim, uh, Kamigawa drafts, and I'm like, like I really don't want to do any more. And I usually would, like, the set's good. I'd, like, do 35 or 40, but I'm just like, eh. Like, okay, I've, I've kind of done it. We're, we're good here. So I wonder if uh, pacing yourself isn't the problem. Maybe it's not. Like, it's... uh. Because normally just, you'd have way like this is a good format. Normally you'd is. have way more than twenty five drafts in. What am I? I'm at I'm at twenty four. I think part of it is just like like it gets you get to the point where and this is like a playing you know on the ladder, right? Mm-hmm. You start running into like when people have figured out what the good decks are. Yeah. Right. You just start running into those a lot. Yeah. So it's like, oh, green, like green X is really good. So you just run into like tons of green decks mm-hmm. and you just feel bad when you're not like in green. So, yeah. but yeah, but hey, I still have a 57, 58% win rate. So we, we're still doing that. <laughs> but like, you know how exciting it is to open packs, Wizards? I have a hundred unopened packs that I have like no desire or need to open. Like, I have Do you have any packs. old packs that you haven't opened yet? No. Or is that all new Kapena? This is no, this is all Kamigawa. I have one yeah, I have one hundred Kamigawa packs that I have not opened. Yeah. But opening packs is fun in court of magic. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah, let's talk about that. So 
All right. I think with all of this, I guess, what do you want from New Capano? What is the thing that you want? But I want a mid-range back. You want a mid-range? That is your big thing? Yeah. Please. That, that, that is my thing. I, I am a mid-range guy. I would like mid-range back, please. please and I don't want this, like, terrible Sultai ramp over the top mid-range. That's not mid-range. Yeah. I want, like, red-black from Amonkhet mid-range. Like, that's the mid-range I want back. Like, decisions that matter and... Yeah. Interaction, yeah. decisions, pressure... Yeah, you know, uh, so what are our colors here? So I guess, like, you're hoping, huh? Uh, well, I guess we have, we have Jund. We have Jund. Either so, Jund or Grixis, I think, is going to be. Yeah, Naya will probably be aggressive. Bant will probably be, like, ramp. Yeah, probably. Uh, Esper's going to be your control. Yeah, I mean... It has like a hand saying no, so it kind of has yeah. to be right. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. And then. Yes, yeah, so either, either Jund or Grixis. Yeah. Yeah, just something where like it's not embarrassing to play like a four drop. Mm hmm. Because like it's just like how many decks now like play four drops? Like none. Yeah. Like the decks I've played against is like your curve kind of stops at three. Mm -hmm. or you're playing like you know Hallbreaker horror or in like sweepers at like five six mana yeah but like four is just not a, a like a thing that's worth playing because i guess like yeah yep. ma maybe because like even what's it called uh zika's chariot isn't super played anymore right yeah oh. I, I can't even tell you the last time i saw a zika's chariot I can. I played against Esper Greasefang. Ooh. With a Zeke's Chariot. Spicy. The only way they can cast a Zeke's Chariot is off of the uh, the hanger. Mm -hmm. The mech hanger. So they play like four mech hangers, and then mm -hmm. they just hope to reanimate it with Greasefang or cast it off of the mech hanger. Sure. Yeah, I was like, wild. Okay. Oh, I would take... A one better reanimation target for my <laughs> stupid reanimation deck. You got Hullbreaker Horror. So I've been reanimating uh, what's his name? Villamachus Lorehold. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I read some stuff that uh, Ben Sek had talked about with his uh, four color reanimation deck and he said like his goal was to turn four Reanimate a Villamachus with another target in the graveyard. Yeah. So that you could cast another reanimation spell off of the attack. Makes sense. So I had Villamachus and Toxrel as four mm -hmm. ofs, and then four Jingataxius, or sorry, two Jingataxius and two Coma. Mm hmm. Coma's like, good. Yeah. But like, I don't know. They like, I want something that like comes, I, I want Massacre Worm. Yeah. Because, like, Toxrel sometimes doesn't get the job done. Yeah. Like, your opponent's gone, like, wide in their stupid white deck, and, like, then they just kill your Toxrel, and, like, they don't get small. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, I just I just want something that, like, I, like, do the stuff, and it catches me up. And, like, now a lot of times it's like, I sometimes it, like, sweeps the board, but other times you're just like, oh, I'm still going to lose to these idiots. 
Or any of the uh, other dragons worth playing? Like Belladros? Which one's Belladros? Pay 10 life, untap 10 lands. Oh, I don't know. I hadn't tried. I had tried like some. I tried the uh, the red legendary dragon, the six six tr- uh, haste dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't tried it in this build. Or what about uh, old Gnawbone? Oh, to just get like a bunch of mana. Yeah. Mm, maybe. I haven't tried. I was going off of it. Like there are times where like Jinkataxis is amazing and wins you games, mm-hmm. and then there are other times where it's just like a two for one. And then, like, yeah. it gets exiled and you can't bring it back. Yeah. Uh, or, like, I, like, on back-to-back turns, had my Jinkataxius, um a Meat Hook Massacred. So mm. it was just, like, a one-for-one. One. Yeah. I was just like, no. Awkward. My seven, my seven mana 5-5 five, five, that's supposed to counter <laughs> stuff should not be dead right now. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll reanimate it again. Oh. Yeah, give me a better reanimate. Give me some giant Grixis idiot to reanimate. There we go. I'm sure it'll be a giant Grixis idiot. It's a plane full of demons. Yeah. And like, I don't know, give it Hexproof or something. Or Ward. That like matters. Because like I was oh, playing I mean, some, you, some of the yeah, Ward you could dragons. Play that Ward Dragon. Yeah. I was playing some of them. Uh the like I was playing the one that like loses Ward when it attacks. That was not a good not a good look. Yeah. I no. played the the uh, the Kamaga- Kamagawa War Dragon. Mm-hmm. And that was okay. Like, I had someone, like, go off with um, a bunch of Hallowed Hauntings. Mm-hmm. And they attacked, and I blocked with my dragon. And I blocked, and I bounced, like, 15 tokens. And they conceded. <laughs> awesome. Like, they needed the wait to just not attack that turn and, like, kill me the next turn with their, like, army of 8-8s or whatever. And yep. they attacked, and I blocked, and I just started highlighting all of their tokens, and they conceded. <laughs> nice. I was like, yes. Yeah. So, also, like, I keep thinking that, like, sacrificing a coil makes Coma hexproof. It makes him indestructible. Indestructible. Yeah. Or it taps things. Yeah, which, like, against, like, the black-white decks is a problem because all of their removal, like, exiles. Exiles, yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, Coma, buddy. I guess we have a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. It's better than not having a 3-3. Three, three. This is true. This is true. So, with all of that and my desire to have a big, dumb Grixis reanimation target for my, like, C-tier deck, I think <laughs> we have a show. Sure, we got a show. So, if you want to tell us what you're looking for for a new Compena, or, like, what you miss about Magic and what you want to see come back, Right, you can get at us out on all of our social medias. Just look at the our description. Yep, there's a link for our Discord in the description as well. Make sure you hop on over there. Um, again, we're going to be doing this tournament thing, and that's how we're going to do it: is Discord and uh, MTG Melee. But like all of the information will be in Discord, so make sure you go over there and check that out. Um, if you're looking to support the show, you can do so one of two ways. First is our TCG player affiliate link. Follow the link tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, whatever you do after following that link, whatever you purchase, we'll get a small percentage of to help keep the show going. 
And if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Patrons get access to our show notes. They get access to our pre-show and you get put on my mailing list for a little bit of swag every once in a while. Uh, probably end, uh, towards the end of April, I'll be sending out my next mailing. So if you're interested in pitching a couple bucks in and getting put on the list, make sure you go ahead and do that. You got anything else this week or is that going to do it? Make sure you check our tournament out. Yeah, please. So yeah, we that, need we need some people to test this. Yes, please. So with that, we will catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. Bye.